0: Welcome to episode twenty-four of True Crime Girl Time. I'm Ansley. And I'm Brittany. And welcome. Happy
1: Wednesday. How are you guys? I don't know. Oh wait, yes, part. I do. It's officially spooky season, guys. We're in September. It is,
0: but it's still hot as Hades in Georgia.
1: Games. These games that the weather plays.
0: It's awful. It's horrible. The wind blows like every now and then I'm like, okay, maybe it's gonna get cooler, but then it's like 90 degrees the next day and I'm like, mm, not gonna happen. <laughs> yeah. So unfortunately, we are in spooky season, but it is not really, it doesn't really feel like it.
1: It doesn't. But if you come to my house, you'll think otherwise because we have like hocus pocus ons on the window and like <laughs> we put all of our spooky stuff out. So I'm excited.
0: Yeah, I haven't made it that far yet. I put out like two dish towels that are, I guess, semi-spooky. But other than that, nothing. So that'll happen over the next few weeks, hopefully. Have lots of stuff going on. So we'll see. Okay. I don't think we have any like, you know, administrative stuff to do. There's not really anything going on in the True Crime Girl Time world. So we can just get started with our story yes okay so this case takes place in gwinnett county georgia and has me hella confused because it's really all over the place also i have a problem with researching only georgia cases recently so maybe i'll hop mm-hmm. off that train in a few days i don't know i've just felt really connected to them so that's what you're getting so this story is the story of lisa guys um i got almost all of my information from a website that her mother put together Lisa graduated from West Florida with a degree in accounting information systems. After graduating, she received information about a position that was available for a computer programmer in Norcross, Georgia. And honestly, I don't even know what a computer programmer does. I know that they do something to, like, put the computer together, like the software, but that Mm -hmm. is, like, so out of my level of thinking. I can't even imagine being a computer programmer. Is it, like,
1: coding? Or am I just like, is it so far above my pay grade that I'm like not even in the right realm? I don't even know I just
0: it it sounds so technical I just don't even know maybe I should ask my boyfriend because he's so into that stuff but she felt qualified for that position so she went to the interview at Larson Jewel which seemed to be a company that made customized picture frames so it's kind of like you could bring like a picture there and they could like mat it and like put the right frame on it which seems really cool I googled it and it's still there today in um, Lawrenceville or in Norcross sorry So Lisa ended up staying there and working for a year through her 26th birthday. Now Lisa only worked the weekends unless she was needed or her workload was more than usual and that's exactly what happened on this weekend. So on February 26th, it was a Sunday, Lisa decided that she would go into work for a little while because she needed to do inventory. So she did the physical inventory and I'm not really familiar with the process even though I worked in retail at one time, but I never had the marvelous opportunity to participate in inventory, but I've heard it's horrible.
1: Yeah, I was about to say, so I worked at Forever 21 in college and I wasn't a floor employee. I was, I guess it's, I don't know the way, the definitions are are weird. I was a cashier. So I never handled any of the stuff actually on the floor unless I was like checking someone out. And any time people had the inventory, they were like, oh, we have to come in this week in inventory. And I was like, I don't, I'm sorry, I don't know what you're talking about. First of all, but second of all, I don't have to do that. But from what, I, yeah, so from what I've heard, it's like the worst thing ever.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think it's just like, well, I know it's like counting every item and making sure you have like everything like that. But um, I w- I w- I've never participated in it, like I said. So according to Lisa's mother, Jean, she had to post the inventory to the computer system, and this seemed to take a little bit of time. So while that was happening, she decided that she would return home and eat some dinner with her roommates to pass the time. She then got back to Larson-Jewel around 9 p.m. to finish up her job. The next morning, when people were returning from the weekend to go into work, the employees of Larson-Jewel they noticed that something was so out of place. When they stepped into the office, they noticed that Lisa's office was flooded with water that was ankle deep. And the sprinklers in the building had been set off, but there wasn't an alarm to set, you know, like to alert the authorities or like the owner of the building about a fire that happened there. So the water just kept piling up in the building without anybody knowing.
1: Wait, can you remind me what year this is? This is in the, it was in the 80s. Okay, because I was going to say, I feel like with our technology now, like when sprinkler systems go off, like the fire department shows up. Like, oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know maybe if that's like a requirement now, like to be up to code, like the building has to be hooked to a system that alerts. Yeah, I'm sure. Actually, yeah. I have a
0: friend that does like fire alarms for commercial buildings and I'll ask him about it. But I'm almost positive because it can't just like not alert somebody about it. You know, I mean, you have issues like this, like flooding issues, also fire issues that like the fire could spread to maybe more buildings. So I'm sure that there ha- that there has to be some alert system um in place now. So when they look closer, they notice that the fire had started at Lisa's workstation. Not knowing what happened over the weekend or early that morning, they called Lisa's apartment to see if Lisa knew what happened. But the friends that she lived with realized that Lisa never came back home that Sunday night after heading to her office after dinner. All of these circumstances made everyone worried about what happened that night and where Lisa was, and they ended up contacting local authorities to help find her. So when people came to remove all the water in the office, they noticed that there was blood close to her workstation. Police began searching the area, and her friends were calling Lisa's pager, hoping that she would come back. So when her friends thought things couldn't get worse, police found her vehicle, a 1983 Nissan Pulsar, not far from her office. And this is really fishy because her license plate was missing, as well as her keys, and I really don't understand why somebody would take a license plate off of a car, or who would even think to do
1: that? Maybe they thought that the owner of the car, like, couldn't be traced, if the license plate was not on it, but, like... Who has time to do that,
0: though?
1: You know what I mean? There are other identifying things on a car. (laughs) Like Like a VIN
0: number and
1: the contents inside of it. Yeah, like that might take a little longer to figure out, but it's not going to prevent anybody from figuring out who owns the vehicle.
0: Yeah, I just like if someone... Which, I mean, all of these circumstances sound really fishy, and the fact that Lisa's nowhere to be found, obviously, there's more to this story, and probably someone else was involved. But if someone was, like, trying to hurt her, who would think of just, like, be like, oh, yeah, I need to set time apart to take off the license plate, you know? I would have never thought of that.
1: Yeah, also, well, I don't know. Say you're in the middle of murdering someone. I mean, God, I hope not. (laughs) Right, right but like how was that a thought that you need to like take the license plate off the vehicle yeah you know I mean? and
0: that's yeah and that's what i'm saying is like it's it's a weird detail that like just kind of baffles baffles me about the whole case yeah So another strange sight was that all of the contents from inside of her glove compartment was thrown all over her car. By this point, Lisa's purse and pager were also noticeably missing until some workers near the Larson building were working on the roof doing some repairs when they kept hearing the ringing of a pager. They searched all over and they noticed just feet from them was a pager along with a purse and just a little bit further away from that, police found the sweatshirt that Lisa was wearing that Sunday night when she went missing. So that's kind of weird too. How, how does a pager get on top of a roof? Obviously somebody threw it, but uh-huh. why wouldn't you like, that is such a weird combination of details, you know, like taking off the license plate and throwing a pager on top of a roof where you think nobody's going to find it. I. it. Mm-hmm.
1: this is not a joke because i know like people use this as a joke all the time but it makes me wonder like if this person was on drugs you know because mm-hmm. just because of like the thought process that this person was having like
0: seems very out of the norm the,
1: exactly like out of all the ways to either destroy a pager or just to make it disappear throwing it on the roof would not have been one of the options in my mind
0: yeah so i can see that too seeing that someone's on, was on drugs to make these kind of irrational decisions so a few days after lisa went missing police came upon a ravine and found some unusual items that seemed seemed out of place as well a 10 pound doorstop that had last been seen at the larson office where lisa worked along with a canvas mail cart and i had to google this and it's like one of the ones from the movie annie that she escapes in after miss hannigan is mean to her have you seen the movie
1: annie no, I, have, I haven't, I
0: have but I guess, it, okay, wait, I I'm going to go ahead payback. and stop recording this because you <laughs> haven't seen Annie and it's one of my favorite
1: movies. This is, I guess this is going to be like my payback. Like now America's going to hate me for not having seen Annie, but they hate you for not having seen The Office.
0: I want to, I want to, I want to explore that moment for a second because last week I said I like. For some reason, I don't know if it was something that I said or if it was how it came across or whatever, but I have seen The Office. I just didn't like it. So I don't know if that makes it any worse or any better, but I have seen it. So shout out to Bring Down a Beer Podcast. They called me out on it and I have seen it, but I just didn't like it. So sorry. It happens. It happens. Yeah. Well, you need to see Annie and maybe one day I'll like The Office, but I don't know. I don't think so. (laughs) Okay. We'll have a movie night and watch Annie. Sounds good. So when experts tested the blood that they found on the cart and on the doorstop, they determined that the doorstop was the possible murder weapon. They laid out the scenario that Lisa had been hit with the doorstop inside the office because the blood spatter was found on the wall and the amount of blood was determined to be consistent with a head strike. So... I know that me and you have kind of talked about this before, Uh but the reasoning behind why there was so, why they could determine that she had been hit in the head without even finding her body was because of the amount of blood, which you had brought up at one point, not on the podcast, actually before this, Uh um, about how, um, you had watched, what was it that you had watched? It was
1: Mindhunter um, okay okay yeah and they were talking about how head wound victims bleed so much more because they have there's so many like, like capillaries I guess they're called yes yes yeah so um yeah yeah thank you Mindhunter, hunter for teaching me some things
0: <laughs> yes for sure so when I first read that, I was like, how did they determine that? And then me and, Brittany, me and Brittany had talked about it previously, and we were like, oh, yeah. And then she brought that up. So, um, but I, I always think that that's really fascinating, how they, can, how they can determine, like, with the amount of blood or whatever, where this person might have been hit or how they could have been killed without even finding a body to, like, see the actual evidence on the body. I always find that so fascinating. So, also... There was another thing that was out of place, and it was that the company van was covered in blood and found, the blood was found on the back doors of the van, which police believed that Lisa's body was actually loaded into after someone hit her and killed her. But the crazy thing is, is that the van was found parked behind the Larson building. So if they had removed her and took her body somewhere, why return it? Like, why risk being seen? I just don't yeah. understand that was it like because if it was just like a random intruder nobody would know that there was a van behind there i don't think unless they had seen it but still like wouldn't you just use your own car yeah I I and not return it yeah so the whole area around larson was searched for lisa's body but till this day her body has not been found there wasn't anything other than the doorstop the canvas mail car and at one point the car that was stolen from the Larson building that night, but then returned. So everything was just how it was supposed to be. When police investigated the computers in the office, they noticed that one computer's data had been wiped clean. Now, I don't know if this is something that, like, Lisa did because she was doing that inventory on her computer. Right. I wonder if she had done it on purpose, you know, she had been surprised by someone in there or something, but... It could have been either someone else who knew how to do that or had, you know, worked there before, or it could have been Lisa. So I don't know.
1: It, I don't know why this just popped into my head, but it kind of makes me feel like because she was putting the inventory data into the computer and then the computer was wiped, it kind of makes me think maybe an employee that was working there may have been like gradually like taking things yeah that could be true yeah and maybe they didn't want to get found out you know I don't know yeah that that just I don't know that whole like
0: situation kind of just popped into my head but yeah why would she do it why would she spend all that time doing it and then you know just like wipe it clean it doesn't make sense
1: you're not gonna do that
0: (laughs) yeah so There was numerous tries by someone to log into the computer system. Also, the keys to the van that I talked about previously were always located where you would have to know the office to know where they were. So that's another red flag that it was, it might've been someone who knew all of this or had to have been someone who knew all of this. Right. So all of the employees of Larson that were working there at the time were questioned and let go. But the police had a suspicion of one person who was fired for falsifying his resume resume just before Lisa went missing. And he also was on probation for embezzling money from a former job. So, like I said, I use Lisa's mom's website, SolveLisasCase.com. And then I used missingadultkids.com and both didn't mention a name for the suspect. I did a little more research and it's his name has, his, her name has never been released to the public. Police arrested this person that I'm talking about, the ex-employee on a probation violation, but he didn't say anything about Lisa or seemed to want to cooperate them when they asked him about Lisa but they did a luminol spray of the ex-employee's car and a few spots came up but were too faint or too small to d- to determine that it was blood remember how i told you about cold justice that show on netflix yes and kind of like how years later people will come forward with information because they've lost loyalties with other people yep well that's kind of what happened in this case so the suspect's wife ex-wife came forward years later and told investigators that she was positive that her ex had killed Lisa and that she was in one of the wells on his property in Talbot County, Georgia, which might I add is two hours from Larson Jewell. So if he were to commit this, he would have had to have been already in the area or made that drive knowing that no one would be there that Sunday.
1: Wait, so did her ex-husband work? At Larson Jewel.
0: Yeah, he was the one that was was um had the falsified, falsified the resume.
1: Okay. Yeah,
0: yeah. So she she told that to investigators, and police searched the six wells on the su- on the suspect's property, and nothing was found in connection with Lisa. To this day, Larson Jewel is still a company, like I said, like I said, and still located in Norcross her roommates, and she actually had a fiance at the time, were um, excluded as potential suspects. So Mm. Gwinnett County officials haven't gotten any more leads in regards to the whereabouts of Lisa. And as of now, it is a cold case. But there's a few discussion things I wanna talk about with you. Number one, we know that as someone that had to know the office, let's just say that like this ex-employee that falsified his resume, let's just keep him out of the question. But it has to be someone that knows the layout of the office, considering the key, considering that maybe she was interrupted by someone coming in. You know, maybe they were already in there and she walked into this building and found them doing whatever she or whatever they were doing. Mm -hmm. Um, I just... Unless it was just an intruder, but I don't know how an intruder would know that that where those van keys were unless like, you know, they demanded that Lisa show them where they were.
1: And why would they care to wipe the computers? What would that matter to a complete stranger? Like someone who's a complete stranger to the company. Why would that matter to them?
0: Yeah, exactly. But also like. A part of me thinks that maybe she did it on purpose, you know, maybe there was something that that person wanted and she might've done it like for the sake of just doing it. Okay. Like you get what I'm saying? Yeah. To keep them from
1: getting information.
0: Yeah. So that can be the other thing, but I just don't know how a random person would know, would just go to this random building. Like what's the likelihood of that?
1: yeah exactly
0: and also the fire that happened
1: oh yeah
0: there was obviously you know to burn evidence i don't know why they would set the building on fire
1: i i wonder at what point the fire was set was exactly fire set before she was murdered or after she was murdered
0: exactly but the fact that they number one don't have a body so they can't even go into it like even further and they could have seen what happened to her like was she burned to death or like was she hit i mean i know she was hit because of all the blood Uh but yeah there, there had to be more evidence on her body there had to be evidence where the fire was and i bet you they didn't expect the sprinklers to go off, but also that, like, wiped out any other evidence that could have been there as well.
1: Okay, yeah, so I, ha- I have a couple thoughts. One, I think it would be very interesting to talk to the ex-wife and really get down to the bottom of why she thinks or thought that the body was on their property and specifically why she thinks that her ex-husband committed this murder. I think that would be... A really interesting interview to do. Yeah.
0: And also I think that I would like to interview like or ask the ask the police officers what made you clear him. You know, like what what other person did you think did it? And I know like they can't arrest him on like circumstantial evidence, like whatever. I just I wonder it just seems like a a good scenario for this guy to be a suspect.
1: I know you don't have a body, but And I just feel like something serious would have to happen for me to think that my ex-husband murdered someone and put them on my property. Like, that's just not something willy-nilly that you just think, you know?
0: Yeah, you don't just think like, oh, I'm going to go ahead and rat out my husband for a murder that happened two hours away from our house, you
1: know? Based on the description of the crime scene and just like, The fact that there was so much evidence everywhere, it kind of seems like this was really more of, like, a spur-of-the-moment kind of murder. Like, it was, like, almost, or what is it? Um, Oh, what's it called? Is it Heat of Passion? Crime of Passion? Crime of Passion. What did I say? Heat of Passion? Heat of Passion, yeah. Honestly, I'm so exhausted. A crime of passion is what I was trying to say. I don't know what I was thinking. Uh, anyway, it kind of seems like it was like a spur of the moment, like crime of passion situation. So it it's like, it blows my mind that whoever did this, like got away with it because there was so much evidence freaking everywhere. Yeah, that's
0: why I'm saying like, a, I think a bunch of the evidence, like the crucial evidence that we would have needed to take someone in for her murder was really destroyed either in the fire or by the water, you know? Cause I feel yeah. like you have to be super good at like hiding things or killing people to be able to get away with it. And to be like that clean besides the destroying of evidence by the fire and the water. Yeah, but, there and hasn't... This person,
1: it seems Go. like this person was just like, so all over the place. Like, it's like car, he was so in the van the that yeah they couldn't figure it out like it's so yeah weird.
0: it's so crazy so there hasn't been a solid lead on this case since 1992 so it's no longer being actively investigated which is so sad and i hate for her family because her mom like the website that her mom put together really goes into detail about like her being a great person and mm. it's just so sad it seems like she's really really trying to get answers for her daughter's murder so that's the story of lisa guys that's a good job but i'm like really sad now <laughs> i know i just wish i was like a private investigator to just go like work this up myself
1: but i'm not a professional in any way yeah like i We've talked about it before, like, with cold cases and when they stop pursuing them and, like, how that's sad and it really sucks. But, like, we understand that there are, like, financial issues, not enough resources, you know, and you can only, like, follow so many avenues until you just run into a dead end, which it kind of sounds like they did in this case. But I don't know. That's just depressing.
0: I know another thing that I've been thinking about why while you've been saying that is I wonder if like the suspect's wife really knew about her being buried in this well or like thrown in this well and I wonder if like he knew that she was gonna tell a author- so what if he actually went and like got this body out and buried it somewhere else
1: yeah like that. I, th- I kind of thought the same thing like she said it's in the well, and they went and looked, and it wasn't in the well. But, like, what was to stop him from ever moving the body?
0: Yeah. So, I wonder how much time in between, like, the time that he or she told authorities and then they went or either the time that, like, they got a divorce and he was like, she knows. Let me go do this, you know, or, like, relocate the body. Anyways, just right, thoughts yeah. after thoughts.
1: Yeah. thoughts of the whole thing. Yeah ladies what an advanced time we live in like i can control basically my entire house from a speaker in my living room but one thing is the same coloring our hair
0: definitely really there are two options either go to a salon and spend lots of time and money or grab a box kit at the drugstore and that always dries out your hair but now
1: there's a new way madison reed And it took a strong woman to shake up the hair coloring world. And that's exactly what Amy Aritt did with Madison Reed, the company she named after her daughter. Don't you just love that?
0: Yeah. And some of you are probably thinking, okay, but how do I match my color? There is no need to worry. Madison Reed gives you all the tools you need so you can color at home
1: with confidence. Get ammonia free. Multitonal hair color delivered to your door for less than $25 ladies visit madison-reed.com that's madison-reed.com less
0: than $25 and delivered right to your door that's amazing and now true crime girl time listeners can get in on the amazingness and get 10% off plus free shipping on your first color kit by using code girl time that's code girl time
1: Okay, girl time? Girl time. I need some pick-me-up. Okay, it's a little more uplifting, I feel. Um, um, but, okay, so you and I have been really loving Taylor Swift's new album. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if our listeners have listened to it. If you haven't.
0: If you haven't, it's, it's been, like, two weeks since it came out. What are you doing with your life? Go listen.
1: Yeah, honestly, like, and I will say, so I am a Taylor Swift fan, and I do enjoy her music. I will say that I don't like every song on the album. Oh, um, I do. I, which is actually really rare. It's very rare that I don't like the entire album. Um, but yeah, whatever. I like the majority of it. It's only like a handful of songs. Um, and it's like some of them, they just like remind me of things that I don't really like want to be reminded of or and things like that. But um, so anyway, I saw this thing on Facebook, and it was like fun facts about Taylor Swift's um new album Lover. And I'm pretty sure it's on BuzzFeed. Yes, okay. So I'm just gonna read some of them to you guys. Some of them are are like actually interesting. Some of them really are not. But um, I enjoyed listening or er, listening, reading them. So one thing that I did not know was that the song Death by a Thousand Cuts, which I know you love that song. That song was inspired by the movie Someone Great. And I talked about that movie on what episode was that? I don't know. It was a, it was a while back. Yeah. But I
0: remember you talking about it.
1: Yeah. I, I don't know. I talked about it at some point. I love that movie it's so good but um i didn't know that and after so i had already heard the song and after reading that and then going back and listening to it i was like oh my gosh it's like I, like i'm thinking about scenes in the movie like as i'm listening to the song it's so good and then come to find out that the movie someone great was actually inspired by a song on taylor swift's album 1999 er, sorry
0: nineteen eighty nine. Hmm. And so I they're like based no, off of each other.
1: Yeah, and the it's so funny because the writer and director of someone great, her name is Jen uh Jen Caton Robinson. Mm -hmm. She tweeted, and she said, I wish, I wish this was my life. She tweeted, she said, just started crying, because I realized one day I'll be able to play my child the song Taylor Swift wrote, because she was inspired by someone great. Aww, that's awesome. I was like, that is, like, the coolest thing ever. Okay. Then, so, the song London Boy. Yes. On the album. I, I really love this song. Um. And I don't know, maybe if it's because I've been watching a lot of Love Island. And so it's like, I'm starting to say things, like, I fancy things, like, <laughs> and things like that. Because, I mean, it's like, that's the words that they use. Yeah. Um, have you ever watched Love Island?
0: Um, I can't remember. I think I have, though. But it's been a while.
1: Okay. Um, yeah, I love that show. So the voice at the beginning of London Boy... So, I don't, d- did you like catch the little speaking portion at the beginning of that song?
0: I didn't.
1: Okay. So, there, there's a voice at the, before the song starts, and it says, We can go driving in on my scooter, you know, just around London. And okay. the first time I heard it, I was like, Sorry, what? <laughs> and I didn't know whose voice it was either. But apparently, it's Idris Elba's. And I hope I'm saying that right. I've heard it so many different ways. But it's Idris Elba's voice. And he said that line when he was on the Late Late Show with James Corden. Huh. Right. And it was while he was talking about the perfect date scenario. So she took that little snippet and put it at the beginning of the song London Boy.
0: (laughs) Oh, my goodness.
1: Yeah. So I love that, too. And then the song It's Nice to Have a Friend Um, it took me a minute to actually start liking that song. I didn't, I didn't like it from the get go, but now I actually really like it. But in that song, um, there's a youth choir that's featured from the Regent Park School of Music in Toronto and the proceeds from the sales of the library go to help fund the school. So. Oh, that's really cool. I know. I thought that was so nice. Um, And then there are some facts, like she wrote every song on the album specifically for this album. Like none of the songs are leftovers from other albums. She originally thought that she was going to name the album Daylight from, you know, the song Daylight that's on the album. I really like that song too. But after she wrote Lover, she immediately knew that that was going to be the title of the album. Um, There are three songs on the album that she wrote entirely by herself. They are Lover cornelia street and daylight
0: i love cornelia street
1: i do too and actually it was weird so the first time i heard it i didn't love it (laughs) and then the more i listened to it i was like oh no i was like i i like it and i was like understanding the meaning behind it and i was like yeah yeah no i get this and i feel this hard so yes yeah,
0: I um, had to look it up because I was like, "Okay, where is Cornelia Street? Why can she not go there again?" You know, yeah, like... I
1: th- that was the same thing. I was like, "This just seems kind of weird." And then, I did more research on it. She, very literally, rented an apartment, or mm-hmm. I guess it was like a house, really, on Cornelia Street, and um, in New York. It's in New York.
0: Yeah, it's in New- in New York.
1: Oh, I thought it was somewhere else.
0: No, it was in New York.
1: I don't know. Um, I didn't look up that much, but the guy who owned the house, he actually did not know that the Taylor Swift that was like going to rent the house was the Taylor Swift. So he was like, I knew who Taylor Swift was. I just didn't think it was that Taylor Swift. And he said that she was so great to work with. Like she walked into the house and I think she said something like, this place is so crafty. And then she asked if she could rent his style as well. And she just asked him to leave all of his stuff inside the house. And she literally rented, like, the house and everything he owned inside of it. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so he was, like, so she was, like, really easy to work with. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, so that was interesting. But I I really love the meaning behind that song because – it's, like, the whole thing is, like, she spent so much time and made so many new memories with a guy that she was seeing. I don't know if she's still seeing the guy. I don't yeah, know guy she's, it still,
0: she's still seeing him. Yeah, started, so That was in 2016. She's still seeing him.
1: Oh, good for her. Yes. Um. So, basically, like, if anything ever happens to them, like, she's never going to be able to go down that street again because it's just going to hurt too much. And I was just, like... Totally like same. Not Cordelia yeah, street, sure. obviously, but you know, my street <laughs> that I live on currently. Yes. Um, but yeah. Um, and then the song Soon You'll Get Better. I mmm Sounds hard. I have, yeah, so I have a really tough time with songs like these because of uh when my grandma was battling and eventually died from lung cancer and the song soon you'll get better is about taylor's mom and her battle with cancer and it's about her being in the hospital and being scared and she's she has a line in there so like she prayed to her mom's medications like make her feel better and she kind of like found religion again like just trying to pray for her mom to to beat cancer basically and so I I can't listen to that song because yeah, it's really I hard. Cry, I would cry every single time if I did. And it's actually the same way with um there's a Lady Gaga song called Joanne. And it's not even about cancer, but it's just about like someone passing away and you missing them very, very much. And um I whew, I can't there's like one line in that song and I lose my shit every time yeah that's understandable I mean um,
0: I don't I don't think she's trying to make that like make you feel like that but it's like that's how she deals with like her experiences I feel like no
1: yeah exactly and and I actually I the song is really good I just can't listen to it because it'll upset me but I after like kind of reading these facts like It was really nice because the family decided all together to put that song on the album and have those experiences shared on the album, which I thought was, like, so sweet that they decided that together, and Taylor wasn't just like, I wrote the song, I'm gonna put it on the album now. Like, they actually had, like, a, a full discussion about it, but she said that she's not sure if she'll ever be able to actually play it at a concert because she can't, like, sing the song and not like breakdown yeah understandable i get Which, it like yeah same girl same <laughs> um there's also a song um oh no it is the, it's the same song so and soon you'll get better the dixie chicks are on that song i didn't know that they are hmm. um so i <laughs> i almost wish that i could listen to it <laughs> because it's taylor swift and the dixie chicks <laughs> yeah but i can't yeah um, it's hard Great Another, song, but it's hard. Yeah. Another super fun fact, because I've actually talked about this on the podcast before, um, just like briefly, I think I just mentioned it, where Taylor Swift is going through like some issues with Scooter Braun owning literally every song she's ever put out. Lover is the very first album that she 100% owns on her own.
0: That's awesome. She yep. did great. She, I love that album. I think it's one of her greatest ones.
1: Yeah. Um, I really love it. Um, And then, did you see the Lover music video? Yes, I did. Me too. I love it. Um, The concept for the music video was inspired by the lyric, you two are dancing in a snow globe round and round, from the song You Are in Love. So, yeah. That's great. And then... One of my very very favorite songs on the album is The Man. Yes. Oh my gosh, I love that song. She said that's a song that she's really been wanting to write for ages and that she was inspired to write it because she was thinking about what her career or the headlines about her would have been like if she was a man instead of a woman.
0: That's I know that song is like super powerful.
1: It is yes for sure um and then her favorite lyrics on the entire album it's from uh death by a thousand cuts and the lyric is our songs our films united we stand our country guess it was a lawless land quiet my fears with the touch of your hand paper cut stains from our paper thin plans so that's her favorite lyric from the entire album so yeah just some fun facts about Taylor Swift's album because that's basically all I've been listening to.
0: Yeah, um, it's yeah. I always do that with her albums. Like when they come out, I'm like, all right, two months later, still listening to it, no big deal. <laughs> yeah. On repeat, it's fine. But,
1: and then when she goes through times where she hasn't put out an album, I'll just go back and like listen to all of her old albums and I'm like, Well wow, I cannot believe I still remember the words to these songs.
0: I know, me too. Same. I've been listening to her album recently and then Ed Sheeran's album because I love him so much. And then I just watched Aladdin yesterday for the first time. The new one? Yes. Did you like it? It is like my favorite movie right now. I haven't seen it yet. Will Smith did an incredible job. So I've been listening to the Aladdin album on repeat and singing every single song. I woke up this morning and Will was like, Alexa, play the Aladdin um, soundtrack. And I was like... Oh my God, great way to start my morning making coffee and listening to Aladdin and like dancing around. I was making Kimber, our dog, like spin circles (laughs) with me. Aww. So it was really fun, but. A growing number of. Oh my God. Alexa heard me. What was she saying? I don't know. Stop. Okay, my Alexa's haunted. (laughs) Stop! Stop saying her name. Stop. Alexa, stop. All right. I got that handled. Sorry about that. (laughs) I'm definitely keeping that in because that was hilarious. Yeah. My bad.
1: You just shouldn't say the A word around A. You can't even say, like, words that are, like, similar. Basically, any word with an X in it is going to wake her up. Like, one of Casey's best friends, his name is Max. And sometimes when we say Max, Alexa will start talking to us. And it's like, what? it's not Mm. even close
0: yeah she's wild that one is wild yeah so anyways that was great thanks for telling me about taylor swift
1: you're welcome
0: (laughs) it was very enjoyable thanks taylor swift for putting out an album thanks taylor swift um this episode or this segment of Girl time is brought to you by taylor swift's album thank you have a great day anyways
1: sponsored by taylor swift y'all look Sponsored by and taylor
0: swift sponsored by taylor swift i'll be damn all right you guys that's it that's a wrap on to mm-hmm. the next episode next week we will see you on episode 25 have a great day night weekend whenever you're listening